today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The union between man and woman, no longer two but one flesh, they become one. They come together like that. In the spiritual sense, this is available for us at the asking. And oh, how we err greatly when we don't avail ourselves of the love and the intimacy that is ours with Jesus. It's tempting to believe the enemy that when you screw up that God loves you less. Pastor J.D. will encourage you today to remember that God's love is deep and never-ending. You are one with Christ the moment you believe. Don't allow the shame the enemy heaps on you to keep you from Jesus after you sin. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Song of Songs, chapter 7, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Rachel may have been just, I mean, just stunning outwardly, but on the inside she had become resentful and bitter, and I would suggest very ugly. Outward versus inward beauty. And I think that's what he's speaking to here. All right, let's just get the nose over with. This is personal for me. It's a genetic thing. He says, your nose (laughs) is like the Tower of Lebanon, where I was born which looks toward Damascus. That's a very long and large tower. If it's in Lebanon looking to Damascus in Syria, how long is that thing? What in the world? It's not talking about that. Aren't you glad? (laughs) I am. It's speaking to the complexion or the color. In fact, Lebanon, the the word, the name Lebanon comes from the root word Leban, which means white, pure, bright, if you prefer. And that's what he's speaking of here, that she is light and bright. There's no darkness. There's no darkness. In Christ we are no longer in darkness. We're walking in the light because He is the light of the world. Verse 5, your head crowns you like Mount Carmel, and the hair of your head is like purple. A king is held captive by your tresses. Now, what we know from Scripture is that hair speaks of submission. I think about the Apostle Paul. I want to say it's 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, maybe not, maybe 11. Someone might correct me. But he talks about the uh, hair in that culture, that women were to have the covering as symbolized with the long hair. In that culture, short hair was like a rebellious defiance. If a woman did not have long hair, it was a covering, a symbol of submission, which is why in, the, in that culture, even to this day, in my culture to this day, even the woman will cover 
their heads. It is a symbol of submission. That's what he's saying. You're submitted to me. And this purple, it's not that she dyed her hair purple. (laughs) It's purple is the color of royalty. So what this is saying is, you are submitted to me as your king of kings. That's how he sees her. And that's how Jesus sees us. Verse 6, how fair and how pleasant you are. Oh, love with your delights. This stature of yours, verse 7, is interesting, like a palm tree. We know a thing or two about palm trees here in Hawaii. And here it is again, your breasts like its clusters. I said, I will go up to the palm tree. I will take hold of its branches. Now, why palm trees? Of all the trees that he could have mentioned and referred to in his description of her as his lover, he chose of all of the trees a palm tree. Here's a thought. Did you know that the palm tree is the only tree of all the trees that produces more fruit the older it gets? Most trees, as as they get older, they're less productive. They don't produce as much fruit. It's the exact opposite with the palm tree. I did not know that. I think that is so cool. Now, you understand, I come from the mainland where there's no such thing as a palm tree. I think I've shared this in the past. Um, I did not see my first palm tree until our honeymoon in the year 1990, I better get this right, 98. We got married in 1998. We first went to La Jolla, California, and then we came here to Hawaii, where my wife is from. I had never seen a palm tree in my life. We are in California, and we're walking down the sidewalk. It's at night. We had just arrived, landed at night, and we're walking down the sidewalk to go to our hotel room. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I walk by this tree, and I'm looking at this thing going, I had never seen one of these. See, where I come from, (laughs) they're called pine trees. Got lots of those. I had never seen a palm tree. And I mean, you'll forgive me, I hugged it. I hugged the palm tree. No, I really did. It was a textbook case of being a tree hugger, but not for that reason. I'm like, this is the coolest tree I've ever seen. Anyway, I'm okay now. This was 32 years ago, 33 years ago almost. So when then we move here in 2000, you probably could have gone the rest of your life without that image in your mind, but I'm so sorry about that. Um, So then we move here, and I've just, there's something about a palm tree, especially when the trade winds, and and the breeze, and they're just, they're blowing back and forth. And during a storm, this, this was really interesting. One of the first storms that we went through, it was a tropical storm, and I think it was about 65 mile per hour sustained winds, and I'm watching these palm trees 
bend like this. I'm thinking, don't break, please don't break. They're not going to break because their roots are so strong, so deep. And that's what actually makes them deep. The stronger the wind, the harder the storms, the further down those roots grow, which is what makes that tree so strong. And by the way, I love that illustration too, where when you're in a storm, in a trial, is that not the best posture you can take, is one of bowing before the Lord, humbling yourself before the Lord. So that's what he's talking about here. Unique to the palm tree, you're more fruitful as you mature. You know, as my wife and I get older, I I can honestly say, and and I remember when we were younger, and you would hear older couples say, I'm more in love with her today than I was the day we got married 40 years ago. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're, you're married for 30, 40 years, and you're going, I know what you mean. It's, a, it's, it's not a young love, it's a mature love. And I can honestly stand before you and say that I love my wife more today than I did the day we got married. It's a maturity the older you get. Well, he's going to talk about the breasts again. Let now your breasts be like clusters of the vine, the fragrance of your breath like apples. That's okay. Um, I think he could have picked something different besides apples, but he he picked apples. What's he uh, referring to here? He's talking about how he is satisfied and he's enraptured with her, satisfied by her and enraptured with her. This is what Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 5 verses 19 and 20. He says, as a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breasts satisfy you at all times, and always be enraptured with her love. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman, and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? Verse 9, and the roof of your mouth, like the best wine, the wine goes down smoothly for my beloved, moving gently the lips of sleepers. I believe he's referring to joy here in what he sees in her, or what comes from her, out of her mouth, out of her lips. Because see, wine is in Scripture a type or a picture of joy. In other words, you bring me such joy. You know, we talk about the joy of the Lord. Have you ever thought of it this way, the joy we bring to the Lord? We talk about the Lord blessing us. Have you ever thought about it like us blessing the Lord? We talk about being pleasing to the Lord, satisfying the Lord, 
Now we know that only He satisfies, only He can satiate that hunger, that thirst that we have. But have you ever thought of it like, I want to be satisfying to Him. I want Him to be pleased. I want to bring joy to Him. I don't want to grieve Him. I want to bring joy to Him. Now from verse 10 on through to the end of the chapter in verse 13, the bride is going to respond. And I want to point something out here, because as we're about to read, she's like, oh my goodness, like putty in his hands, <laughs> to put it lightly. I mean, she just got done hearing what he said to her, and she's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> are you kidding me? Where are you going with this? Well, think about this, guys. And we talked about this before. Our wives can never hear our love for them enough. They can never hear it enough. Let me put it like this. There's no such thing as expressing your love to them too much. I have yet, as a pastor, ever to sit across the desk with a couple and have the wife say to me, he just, it's just too much. Never had that happen. The opposite is true. You'll forgive the silliness with which I illustrate this, but the opposite is true. In fact, it reminds me, it just came to me, and this I think is the Holy Spirit. You know, in the book of Proverbs, I forget what chapter it is. It might be about chapter six or seven, I think where Solomon writes that there are certain things, there's actually six things, seven things, that are just, the earth cannot stand up under, that are just too, too much, just over the top, unthinkable, for lack of a better word. And you know what one of those things are, is? It's a wife whose husband does not love her, an unloved wife. The earth cannot stand up under That's how God made her. That's how God wired her. I'm sorry if that's a crude way to say it, but God created her to be that way. She can never hear it enough. And oh, by the way, husbands, if you, and this is not, again, I don't want to get too far into this because I don't want to lose the application of this, but I think this is a a teachable moment, as it were, concerning the marriage relationship. If a husband wonders why his wife is cold, you might want to check your own thermostat, because you're the one that sets the temperature. I mean, the, the thermometer reading, brr. Why do you think that is? Well, look how you talk to her. Are you You're killing her. The way you talk to her, I have an idea. Why don't you, don't tell her about the waist being like the sheaves of wheat and all that, and the nose like the tower in Lebanon. You know, try to revise it, if you know what I mean. Why don't you start talking to her like this? You'll be like, what'd you do with my wife? Who are you? Oh, you, you, you mean it? Yeah. 
I read it, but I mean it, yeah. Aw, <laughs> she'll melt. And that's what we're going to see now, beginning in verse 10. You know, just real quick, you know how when that, that expression, uh, the grass always looks greener on the other side of the fence, right? You've heard that? I didn't botch that too, did I? No? I got it? Okay. All right. Usually in the context of a divorce, somebody will flippantly say, well, you know, the grass looked greener on the other side of the fence. Well, may I just ask you humbly, why don't you fertilize your own grass? I'll give you a moment on that. I know it's deeply profound. (laughs) Oh, the grass is greener on the other side? Well, you haven't been fertilizing your grass. You might want to water it too while you're at it. Look at the thing, it's all brown and dead and, well, you killed it. Why don't you fertilize it and nourish it and water it and feed it and watch it grow and become lush and beautiful. And you look at that grass on the other side of the fence, you go, (laughs) look at my grass. Did I take that one too far? Well, we'll leave it at that. Verse 10, I am my beloved's. I'm yours. Just, (laughs) you got me. (laughs) And his desire is toward me. Come, my beloved. Let us go forth to the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine has budded whether the grape blossoms are open and the pomegranates are in bloom, there I will give you my love. The mandrakes, believed to be actually in that day an aphrodisiac that some believed was actually used to make someone fertile, and she brings up mandrakes, give off a fragrance, and at our gates are pleasant fruits, all manner, new and old, which I have laid up for you, my beloved. Whoo! Okay. (laughs) You know what she's saying? I'm just going to leave it right there, (laughs) because I think you know what she's saying. Do you know why? Maybe that's the better question. You know why she's saying that to him? because of what he said to her. That's her response. You see where the (laughs) dots get connected between us and our relationship with the Lord? When we embrace how much the Lord loves us, then this will be our response. Lord, I'm yours. (laughs) I'm yours and yours alone. Do with me as you please, my love, fully given over to Him to do with for His good pleasure. What a beautiful picture. This is how the Lord sees us. And this is our response to the Lord when we understand that this is how the Lord sees us. At the beginning, I... I made the comment that I don't want to 
you know, it's a very delicate balance between the literal meaning and the spiritual application. And I think maybe this is a good example of it. I think we do err greatly when we're dismissive of the beauty and the intimacy that we have with the Lord. Intimacy with the Lord. And and again, sadly, it's been corrupted, it's been marred, it's been perverted. Satan always perverts everything that God created that's beautiful. Keep in mind, God created sex, and Satan perverted it. And isn't it sad, because it is the height of the expression of the union between man and woman, no longer two, but one flesh. They become one. They come together like that. In the spiritual sense, this is available for us at the asking. And oh, how we err greatly when we don't avail ourselves of the love and the intimacy that is ours with Jesus. You know, oftentimes the enemy succeeds at getting us to think that, you know, the Lord doesn't really like me right now. I didn't really have a very good week this last week. I got in the flesh. I kind of messed it up. I blew it again. You know, and there is something to be said about that because sin does interrupt and sever the intimacy. But don't give the enemy license to distance you from the Lord any longer than it takes you to get to the cross. Because the sooner you get to the cross, the sooner forgiveness is given, and it's instant. And He's always waiting with open arms to take you back. And that intimacy can be restored. But the enemy doesn't want you to know that. The enemy doesn't want you to know verses like Psalm 1611 that says, in your presence, O Lord, is fullness of joy, intimacy with you, Lord. Before we come to Christ, the enemy will do everything he can to keep us from Christ. After we do come to Christ, the enemy will do everything he can to distance us from intimacy with Christ, because he knows that's the deciding factor. He knows that's the game changer. That changes everything. Because when we're intimate with the Lord, in our time together with the Lord, it brings that union together. And the beauty in it, the power of it, I'll even say, is such that the enemy knows it spells his defeat. When he gets us alone and away from the Lord, he's got us. It's game over. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in as we study the Word of God together. As we continue to learn from Song of Songs with Pastor J.D., we pray that you are overwhelmed by the love God has for you. His love is deep, and His love is never-ending. Some tend to shy away from this book, but the picture of love in it should not be avoided. God is love. If you're not part of a local loving church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. 
And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today. Check out his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation, too. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Song of Songs together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of Song of Songs on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 